Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. We also are glad you're here. We're glad to be here. And we greet you in the name of Jesus. song we sang this morning, I also appreciated the songs that were, uh, that we sang this morning, but we sang that one song, I can't remember the name of it now, but it just says, a song of saints on, on higher ground. What we heard this morning was that. It was a song of saints. Searching for, going for, and even living on higher ground. I believe it. And that's what I'd like to talk about a bit this morning. The idea of living on higher ground the idea of going in and possessing the land as, as uh, Moses, God, told the children of Israel many times back there in the Old Testament. He said, go in and possess the land. Go in and live in the land. Go in and enjoy the land. Go in and reap the fruits of the land. Go in and possess it. But before we do that, that we have something to do. And that's what I'd like to talk about. Before we go in and possess it, before we can go in and possess it, We've got to drive out the enemy. That's what we have to do. I'd like to talk about that this morning, driving out the enemy. And I'm talking about when I say land, I mean in our hearts. That our hearts, we could drive out all the enemies in our hearts, in our lives, could drive them out so that our land, our heart, we possess it. God is there. That's, that's, that's what I'd like to talk about this morning. <clears throat> In the Old Testament, and, and you know this, but I'll just say it again. In the Old Testament, the, as we read it, as we read that story, all the way from the, the creation up through till it ends there in Malachi, ends there in Malachi. The, and largely though, we look at the children of Israel and their journeys was real to them. But it was, it also, as we look at it back at it now, we can spiritualize that and see how they dealt with their problems, how God wanted them to deal with their problems, is in essence somewhat the same way He wants us to deal with ours today. In other words, that back there is a picture of us today. <clears throat> the Old Testament was given, at least one of the reasons it was given there, is so that we can learn from it. We can learn the one, I think one, uh, I forget who it was, Hebrews where it is, in samples, they were in samples to us. They were examples to us. So our heart and our desire today, very, very common, very, very, uh, we all know this, it's very true, we don't doubt it, that we have an enemy to drive out of our lives. There's an enemy there. And he wants to keep coming in and and possessing it. He wants to come in and dilute who we are. He wants to come in and, and, and God told the children of Israel, said many times, He said, I want you to drive out all the, the people because if you don't, you'll marry in them and you'll, you'll end up worshiping their idols, which is exactly what they did. So I'd like to talk this morning about driving out those enemies. If we don't drive them out, God said what would happen. And we probably, at least some of, some of us have experienced that very fact. If we don't deal with something in our life, it deals with us. 
If we don't get rid of it, it'll get rid of us, so to speak. <clears throat> In Deuteronomy 11 chapter, 11, chapter 8, you don't need to turn there, you may if you like, but just going to read a short scripture there. <clears throat> and Moses is telling them, he says, Your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord. He tells this to them, which he did. And he says, Therefore shall ye keep all the commandments that I command you this day, that ye may be strong. Keeping the commandments makes him makes it made the people strong. And go in and possess the land. Go in and take over. It's rather gruesome when you look at when you think of all what they did sometimes. I read I may even have in my notes here, I'm not sure. They slaughtered ten thousand men. And more. But that shows us how ruthless we need to be too. Not allowed. No enemy is allowed to stay in there. And I'll talk about the enemies. We'll talk about some of those enemies later on. But we must realize that if we're going to have a pure land, if we're going to go in and possess it, like God wants us to possess it, we've got to get rid of the enemies. They have to go. If you don't, they're going to come in and they're going to taint you. They're going to make you not pure. They're going to make you uh, unable. They're going to weaken you. And you'll not have the strength to overcome and possess what God wants you to possess. What God wants you to have. You can turn here. Judges chapter 1. I want to start there. Judges chapter 1, I'll start in verse uh, 24. And the spies saw a man come forth out of the city, and they said unto him, Show us, we pray thee, the entrance into the city, and we will show thee mercy. And when he showed them the entrance into the city, they smote the city with the edge of the sword, but they let go the man with all, and all his family. And the man went into the land of the Hittites and built a city and called the name thereof Luz, which is the name thereof unto this day. Now, it seems, and I don't know for sure, what God thought of this. I don't know for sure if he was pleased with that, the fact that he, they talked to this man and then they let him go. I don't know. But I'm gonna, as I look at that into our lives, I'm gonna say, it's dangerous at the least for us to say, if you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you and not deal with and not get rid of what that thing, whatever it is, may be. In other words, <clears throat> we know we have a problem. But there's one little thing that if we could get, it would help us, we think, it would help us to get an advantage, whatever that may be. Then for us to say, okay, since you helped me here, I'll let you go. I'll let you stay in the land. Dangerous. <clears throat> God told them clearly, and this is why. He said, and he said, make, in Judges 2, verse 2, he says, and ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of the land. Make no compromise. None. No compromise. I realize sometimes we, as we deal with a situation in our life, sometimes it, we deal with it 
day by day, a step at a time. And we overcome here and then we overcome here and we do this. And that's good. But I'm saying always overcome any situation, whatever you may be, whether and again, maybe I'm talking too vague here, but well, maybe I should just go back here and give you some of the things I'm thinking of as I walk through these things to give you something to think about. Some of the enemies that I am talking, thinking about, and you need to think about your own life and what your enemies are, those things that distract you, those things that um, pull you away, those temptations you're not quite able to overcome or simply not able to overcome. That's what I'd like to talk about, some of those things. And here's, I'm going to tell you some of those things I, I'm thinking about for you to think about as we go through here. <clears throat> some of the enemies that we might have in our land is a complete dedication to Christ. <clears throat> what I'm saying is this. Faithlessness. I know that's a bit negative, but that's, that's, a, that's an enemy to lack of faith. And I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to go on down through here and I'm not going to explain those a bit more. I'll get to those a little bit more later, but. And another one would easy be unforgiveness. That could easy be the thing that is preventing you from possessing all the land God wants you to possess, to be victorious, overcoming. And that the joy of the Lord would shine on your face. That's what we're after. That kind of a, that kind of a victory. <clears throat> Another one could well be pride. And again, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll say more about these later. Another one. Could be an idol in your life. Something that, and, and I'll, I'll, um, Noah Webster described it this way, or one of the ways he described it was, anything on which we set our affections, that to which we indulge an excessive and sinful attachment. And I, I would, I would <laughs> like to take a little bit of, of that definition out and say, in which we indulge in any sinful attachment. Or even have any sinful attachment. Not even indulge or excessive. Any sinful attachment can be an idol. Another thing that we look at that could be an enemy in our land is bitterness. Bitterness. Another thing, and maybe this should be more up front first before these others, is myself. Myself can be the very enemy that I have to most, most can be the thing that I most have to overcome. You say self, I said myself. Another thing could be simply some secret desires. Something that, and I think maybe I've, I've uh, I don't know if I've done this here or not. I call it the, the back of the mind thoughts. The thoughts that are back there, but you just, just try not to think about them. But they do, they're there. They're thoughts like, you know they're not right to have. But there's, there's a sort of satisfaction comes with them in the flesh. Those, those are, those are some of the, those are some of the enemies we need to drive out. 
<clears throat> fear of man. Fear of man. Afraid to do what's right for what he, she, they may think. Afraid to just stand for the truth. Stand for what you know is right. The fear of man. <clears throat> and I have one more. And I don't know. I, I, I probably won't uh, define this one very well. But something that could be an enemy in our land, in our hearts, could be a dependency on, okay, church standards. A dependency on that. They're not wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're wrong. But when we become dependent on those, as long as I am right here, I'm okay. Not looking at the heart, that's a problem. Those are some of the things I'm thinking about as we go through this message I have. Those are some of the enemies of the land. And there may be others. This This is not a complete list, I'm sure. There may be others that we must, if we want to possess what God wants to give us. And you know, God wants to give us good things. That's all there is to it. It may seem like sometimes He allows things in our heart that are Really difficult. Why is God doing this? Well, there's another verse that we'll get to here shortly that says, since you didn't drive them out, I am going to leave them in there to prove you, to test you. What about this? Are you going to be able to, since you did, you decided, that, this talking about the children of Israel, but since you decided that you couldn't do this and you didn't do it, okay, I'll leave them there then. And I'm going to see who you are, who you really are. Who are you really? That's the voice of God. That's the, the heart of God. That's the, that's God. That's not me. And that's not anybody else. God said these things. He wants us to go in and possess the land. If we don't, if we, for whatever reason, decide we can't do that, He'll say, okay. Well, then we'll use this to prove you, to see for sure if you are who you say you are. To see for sure if you will serve me and not get distracted, not get tainted, not get deluded with these other things. <clears throat> Back to Judges, chapter 2, verse 2, he says, I make no league with the inhabitants of this land at all. Ye shall throw down their altars and destroy those things that are evil. But he said to them, he said, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? I, I think it's really interesting to think about God as a father. And his heart is to bless us. His heart is to give us all good things. His heart is to, to uh, see his children enjoying what he has to offer, whether it be in the children of Israel's time, the fruit of the land, or whether it be in our time, the fruit of the land, but, but more so in our time, the peace, the joy, the freedom that God has to give every one of us. It's not a matter of, if I work so hard, I can maybe get there. It's a matter of, will I deal with the inhabitants of my land 
that are there, they'll be there. What am I going to do with them? The devil will always be trying to move somebody else in. What are we going to do with that? I mean, really now. I, I appreciate so much when I talk to people, and maybe even especially young people, when I know that by their words and by the things they say, they are interested in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> I have several young men that send me, send me reports. Uh, they, they wanted some accountability, and I said, sure, well, let's do that. And so many times, many, many times, every morning, they'll send me a report saying how they did the day before. How was their heart and how they dealt with, what they struggled with, what they overcame, what they read, what it spoke to them. That's impressive. And I say to you young people, young men, you will never regret putting attention to and investing in the kingdom of God in your own, own, own heart in learning what God has for you in, in just filling your heart and your mind with things of God. You won't regret it. <clears throat> whatever, whatever that means, whether it's reading or whatever it is, but you won't regret it. And I'm, I'm impressed. I hear some of you young men, maybe even some of you young ladies, talk about the sermons that you listen to and the things that you've heard or read. That's really good. That's good. Do it. Keep doing it. <clears throat> what you remember now, what you read now, what you put in your hearts now will stick like it won't stick when you're my age. It won't. <clears throat> and I can remember a few things. It's amazing. I can remember a few things back when I was younger. Back, I don't know how old I was. I don't remember. I was younger. I memorized... A whole book of the Bible. But I'll have to tell you, it was Jude. Sorry. <laughs> but, I, but I could do that. I, maybe I could do it now. I probably could. I haven't really tried. I have, I have memorized some poems and things, but uh, it's harder. So I say, uh, do it now. You won't regret it. <clears throat> well, here it says, and I'll just go on here, and it says, in, and again, in going on down in Judges 2, and in verse 11, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves to them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And here's the, here's the, the um, results of that. There are always consequences to our actions. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said and as the Lord had sworn unto them. And they were greatly distressed. We don't really like to think that if we refuse to take care and deal with some of these things in our hearts, we don't drive out those enemies that we've talked about. If we don't do those things, we don't really like to think about the Lord being angry with us. And in, and in some sense, He's not. 
he's not angry as far as wanting to destroy us. But at least we could say, as a father, he's displeased. The father's displeased. And what he did, back then, he said, okay, then we're going to let you be spoiled. You're going to, in other words, you're going, to, you're going to lose the advantages. You're going to lose the... Uh, spoiled means that they, they take away all the good things from them. The Lord let them do that in Israel. <clears throat> you know, there may be some of that here too. I mean, in our lives. There just may be that those things that we will not deal with, don't deal with, those things that we allow to, to be there, the Lord then says, okay, then you reap the results of what you did. Those things you didn't do, you didn't drive out those things. You didn't deal with those things, you didn't repent of those things, you didn't forgive those things, whatever it is. You didn't do that. And the Lord then lets those things there and He takes away your joy. He takes away your strength. He takes away your power. You don't have it. <clears throat> He allows, he allowed those troublesome things to come to Israel. And he allows that the fact that our actions, not dealing with our enemies, also brings consequences of struggle and sadness and grief in our hearts. And it goes on then in verse 2 or chapter 2 there of Judges and talks about the, the, he raised up judges and, and the Lord delivered them out of the hand of the enemies all the days of the judges. It came to pass when that judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers and following other gods to serve them just back and forth. <clears throat> and he says again here, as I've already said, but he says again, I also will not henceforth drive out any more from before them of the nations that Joshua left that he died, that through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein as their fathers did keep it or not. <clears throat> obviously, obviously God allows, if we're not going to drive out the enemy, God will allow those things to be a, be a, a thorn in our side, a, a problem to us. <clears throat> God used Job. A very common example. Very clear though. God used Job to show to Job that he had a problem. It was pretty severe. I mean, we would think about Job and all the things he went through as what he pretty severe, what God let happen there just because he wanted to show Job something. He wanted to show Job. This is just a brief synopsis. He wanted to show Job. Job. You don't know as much as you think you do. You're not as strong as you think you are. You're not as capable as you think you are. Job, you need to trust me. He let those, that's pretty severe. But I'd like for us to consider all that God has given us. We talked, we talked, we, we thought about it last night as we remembered the death, the crucifixion, the sacrifice Christ made. Think about what he did. For us to give to deserve anything is a 
blessing in itself. For God to give us anything is a blessing in itself. So my point is, for all that God has given us, He has, he has sacrificed His Son. It only raises our level of, of responsibility to God. It only raises it. It doesn't make it less. It doesn't mean He's done that. He's paid all the price. Now we have nothing to do. It raises our responsibility to give to Him what He so much deserves. From the bottom of our heart, we drive out all the enemies. We deal with everything that comes in. We don't tolerate anything. That's what God wants. And that's then when God will come in and give us a blessing. And He talks about it there in Deuteronomy 2, about all the blessings that will come upon them if they'll believe Him, if they'll trust Him, if, they'll, if they will uh, obey Him. I already mentioned this briefly, but Paul's another example of, he, he talked about the thorn in his side, whatever that was. He prayed the Lord, he said, three times. Only three times, we might say. He said, three times he asked the Lord to take this thing away. And the Lord said, no. My grace is sufficient. I can give you the power to walk through this thing. So, as we look at, as we look at that, Paul, while he had that thorn in his side that he prayed would be taken away, it was allowed to be there because God said, I want to prove to you that I am capable of giving you strength to rise above that thing. There are some things happen in our life that are beyond our control. That we didn't ask for them. Here they are. We can't do anything about it. But we have to respond to that some way. And God's response, we, we say, Lord, just take this thing away so I don't have to deal with it. But God put it there to see what we would do with it. There are some things that we cannot avoid. Just like go back to, in, the, in the children of Israel there and their land that they possessed. They had to go in there and they had to sweat some blood or set some, some sweat. They had to go in there and work hard. They had, to, they had to move the rocks and whatever else was in the way to get out of that land the fruit that they wanted to have. That's the way it is with us too. There are also some things in our land that we have to, that's going to take some effort. It's going to take some sweat. It's going to take some, some, some sincere and honest put forth effort. It's going to take some denial. It's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take some deciding I'm going to do this instead of this. It's going to take some self-control and some self-discipline. That's what it's going to take. But our heart is, and God wants us, take a hold of these things. There's a reward waiting. There's something better waiting for you. And He said, if you'll do these things, I'll give you, not only in heaven, wherever heaven is, but I'll give these things to you Right now. Peace, joy, patience, all the fruit of the Spirit there that we can read there in Galatians. <clears throat> for me, I, I don't know if you, you are the same as me or not, but I'll just say for me, I think I already mentioned this, for me, probably my greatest enemy is Laziness, lackadaisicalness, not caring, just turning my, turning my eyes away, just disregarding what I should or shouldn't do. That's probably my greatest enemy. We live in such a free, easy place in some senses. In those senses, what I mean by that is we're not persecuted. We're not hindered in any way. 
We have resources. Just pretty easy life. Really. What about the Ukrainians even today? Or the, 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 uh, they're in the Gaza Strip, the people there in the Gaza Strip and, and Syria and all lots of places where there's unrest and, I mean, we look at that. You've heard the story and I'll just say it here. You've heard the story or the illustration or the comment that of the people who came from Romania and said, it's too easy here. I need to go back. It's just too easy here. And I'm not saying we should all go to Romania. And I'm not saying we should all look for the hardest thing we can do. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it is easy here. Let's be aware of that. That as we walk through our life every day, it's easy. That behooves us to be more focused and more concentrated, more dedicated to being sure my life, my heart, and my desires are holy and right before God. (coughs) Can I have a drink? I'm sorry. In John chapter 8, verse 31, I'll start there. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Thank you, brother. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. That means if you continue to walk with me, if you continue to obey me, if you continue to listen to me, if you continue to let me fill your heart and you continue to, to, to bring me into your life, your heart. If you continue, you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I don't know if I know what freedom is or not. I know I've experienced it at least at periods and points of my life. Do I know now? Do we know now? Do you know what freedom really is? Freedom. You're free. There's nothing. There's nothing. You are free. Nothing is hurting you. Nothing is hindering you. Nothing is. There's not a. There's not a struggle in your heart and mind. It's like free. What Jesus said, the truth shall make you free. He gives us the way to freedom. To Always seek, always believe, always do the truth. The truth is what is right, what is holy. Jesus gives us the, the, the scriptures and Paul, the scriptures give us examples of, of freedom and, and, and what is right and what is holy. But our hearts and our life that we might, that we might know this freedom that God has to give, that Jesus said can be yours, Freedom from sin, of course. But our hearts are free. No, no guilty conscience. No sin that you know you're not, you're not dealing with. You're just free. That's what Jesus said. You can have it. He said... Ye shall be free. But he goes on and says, Whosoever verily, verily I say unto you. That means, listen very closely. That means, 
I have something very important to tell you here. Verily, verily, I say to you, he says, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about getting rid of that. So we're not servants to sin. He goes on and says, well, not on back farther back in the, the chapter in John 15, he says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it might bring forth more fruit. As we walk through our life, and we're, we're saying, Lord, I want to be free. Make me free. I am willing to do what it takes. I'm willing to give up. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to dedicate. I'm willing to commit. I'm willing to, Lord, I'm yours. We say that. The Lord has His way of doing that for us. He helps us. The Scriptures say, He purges. Every branch that beareth fruit, He purges. That it bring forth, may bring forth more fruit. <clears throat> if I can, if I can, I can just express the, 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 the great need there is, the great blessing there is, in being willing to say, I will deal with anything in my life. Not tolerate anything. If, I, if there's a problem in my life, if there's something I know is not right, there's some kind of a sin, I'll deal with it. Not justify it, but, but look at it and say, listen to yourself. Listen, Mark. This is serious. This is, about, this is about possessing your land. This is about pleasing your father. This is about him saying, him, him, him giving me blessings, not only in this life, but the eternal life. Deal with your sin. <clears throat> I've been in the place where I needed to release my feelings, what I thought was right, what, what was my opinion, and give myself over to somebody else. I gave myself over to several elders one time and said, tell me what to do. I'll do it. And they told me some things that <clears throat> some were easier, some were harder. But I accepted that. I accepted it. I saw what they were saying. I accepted what they said. They didn't tell me what to do. They said, Mark, here's what we see. And the Lord worked with me. And He showed me what I needed to do. And I know what it's like. And probably many of you do too. I know what it's like to have been in that place where I, I resisted that a little bit. And the other place where I said, okay, I submit. There's freedom. There is power. There is the way to find, to drive these enemies out of your land. If that comes to you, and there's something that, that you need to do, and you know you need to do it, whatever it is, and you do it from your heart. You see, you know, you understand. Yes, I understand that. I see my sin. You can get freedom. 
I probably talked about this before, but I'll say it again. I lay there in that hospital bed, and they said, we need to cut your chest open, and we need to stop your heart. We need to do some work on you. Well, of course, I said, okay. I trusted them. I've watched my wife go through cancer, not knowing. At one point, we didn't know what it would be. And Brother Joel, God bless you, brother. Praying for you. And you page children, too. There's something about that, though. It does something to your heart inside. Something about it makes you realize that I'm not in control anymore. I can trust God. I have no place else to go. And that's what I'm talking about. To have no place else to go. God gives grace to see us through. He does. Some of those enemies, I already mentioned them to you, I read down over my list here, but some of those enemies is faithlessness. It's a lack of trust. It's the act of disbelieving God. And it usually means instead of trusting Him, we're going to take the situation in our own hand. And we're going to deal with it our way. And it doesn't work. <clears throat> I got an email from one of these young men I talked about the other day. And, I, and I'm not going to tell you who it was. And I don't think anything here will give you any idea who it was. It wasn't anybody here. <clears throat> this is his testimony. He said, he, he, he's been working through some things. And he finally said this. He said, I decided there's no way I'm going to survive trying to figure my life out. And ask God... To take everything I was trying to hang on to. I don't know why I always fail with letting God make decisions and control my life. But it is such a stupid problem to deal with. I decided there's no way I'm going to try to survive trying to figure my life out. And ask God to take everything I was trying to hang on to. That was his commitment. Unforgiveness is another enemy that can be in our land. The state of being willing to put yourself in your offender's cage. The state of being willing to put yourself in your offender's cage. As long as you blame them, you'll always be in their cage. You're waiting on them to change. If they never change, you'll always be bound there. Forgiveness allows you to be free. You're no longer held by them. Forgiveness. There's probably, and I 
don't remember who mentioned this recently. There's probably no, well, there is. A very good example is in the Old Testament of Joseph. When he's met there at his brothers, and there his brothers had sold him down there, and he lived the life that he did in prison and all that, and he came to be the, the second in command there in Israel, or there in Egypt. But he said, after, after their father Jacob died, Israel died, this brother said, he said, we need to say to Joseph, forgive, I pray thee, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil, did unto thee evil, and now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Talk about a heart of forgiveness. And his brothers said, and they said, we be thy servants. And Joseph said, fear not. Am I in the place of God? God said, he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And Joseph said, I have no choice. I'm not in the place of God. But he wept when they spake that to him because he was so sorry that they didn't, they didn't see and didn't accept his forgiveness that he was offering now. He said, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto me for good. And he says, thou therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly to them. That's forgiveness. And Jesus is a, 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 probably a better example, but I just chose this one. There we are. Him, him. I believe Joseph possessed his land. <clears throat> pride. The definition of pride, just my definition. The belief that I am more important than anything or anyone else. The belief that I am more important than anything or anyone else. Or even if you want to look at it a little more specifically, I am more important than that situation and that situation and that situation. I'm more important than that. The belief that I am more important than anything or anyone else. <clears throat> I, I, ask, I ask this question. So, of course we don't want pride. So how do we know we have pride? What is there? How can I, what test can I run, can I do to see if I have pride? <clears throat> well, I don't know if this is a real good test or not, but I'll say this. In Leviticus, maybe I should turn to that. I have, I'll just go with what I have here. In Leviticus, he says, and I will break the pride of your power. In other words, the pride you have in your power. I will break the pride of your power and I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. Do I have pride? Is heaven open? Is my life, my earth, is my life and the works of my life, is that producing good fruit? Or do I see some weeds there, some things that aren't quite right? Do I have struggles here or there? He says... Proverbs says, only by pride cometh contention. Proverbs says, pride goeth before destruction. Proverbs says, a man's pride shall bring him low. Continuation, continuation of that verse. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit.
I, I told you that one, another thing on the list was idols. Webster says, I think I said this already, anything that, on which we set our affections, that to which we indulge an excessive and sinful attachment. I'm just going to leave it at that. Anything we set on which we set our affections more than God. Again, back in Leviticus, he says, If they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their trespass, which they trespassed against me, and and that also they have walked contrary unto me, they'll they'll admit this, and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies, if then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, they then accept the the punishment of their iniquity. Then I will remember my covenant. I will remember and not forget. In my notes I said, is there a key here? Humble our hearts and accept what he gives us. Or acknowledge that we deserve what we have been given. Is there a key there to dealing with this thing called pride? Just accept. If this is what comes, if this is if this is a result of my life, this is what I have. Maybe it's pride. He says, "If you will accept that and be humbled, then I will remember my covenant." Another one I gave you was bitterness. And I, I defined it this way. When you place blame on someone else for your problems, it will, bitterness will grow. Place blame on someone else for your problems. <clears throat> and I said this, you can put yourself in a cage and become their slave. You're actually serving them. Here's what Jesus says about that. He says, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, and considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? How wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, this little speck, when you have a big problem in your own eye. You have a big problem yourself. And Jesus says, Thou hypocrite. He says, First, cast out this problem you have deal with that first then you can see clearly maybe to help somebody else in the acts of the apostle there was a man named simon he was a magician it says the scriptures say and he saw he watched peter and all what was going on there and, and he followed them and it says he believed But then when he saw that they received the Holy Spirit, then he wanted that Holy Spirit too, and he offered to give him money. And this was Peter's answer. He says, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Neither neither hast thou hast neither lot 
part nor lot in this matter, for their heart is not right in the sight of God. Simon thought it was. Peter could see that it wasn't because he was asking for it the wrong way. He was wanting something that was not his to give in a way he wanted to get it. And he said, repent there. Peter said, repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. You know, bitterness is a bond. It's a bondage. It can, it can get a hold of us. And we become bound. That very thing, that, that, that resentment, that feeling we have towards somebody else. It's a bondage, a bond of iniquity. <clears throat> Another one I talked about was myself. One of the things I have to deal with is myself. Sometimes I, need, I like to protect my reputation. I know what I should do. Maybe I should make confession. Maybe I should go whatever. But I don't want to. Or I don't want to deal with this thing that I'm struggling with in my heart, whatever it is. I don't want to do that. It's an inability to humble myself. It can be the fact that, wait a minute, I'm right and they're wrong. Self-protection type of a mode. I have to deal with myself. Until I deal with myself, myself is my biggest, my, my closest enemy. If I, can, if I can deal with myself, I'm going to get a lo- I'm going to go a long ways towards overcoming. <clears throat> I'm going to I'm going to go on. It's it's time for me to be done here. I just want to say this more, <clears throat> this much more. God is still the same today as He was in the day of the children of Israel. He still has expectations. He still has a right. He still has power, and He still has the. Uh, Liberty and uh, he's still God. He can do what he wants to do. Sometimes we go through things that are difficult. Things happen that we didn't ask for. They're just difficult. But God still, even in those times, he expects obedience and acceptation of what he gives. He expects that. He still asks His people to do what He says, even today. He also gives them power to do what He's asking them to do. You may think, oh, I don't know how I can deal with this. I don't know. I don't know. Just trust God. He can give you the power to do it. The grace to do it. And it's this simple. If this is simple. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do. That ye may live. And multiply. And go in and possess the land that the Lord promised to give to you. Let's stand for prayer.